3: It'll call. Hey hey.
4: Welcome back to Birthday Week here on the Ham Pod.
5: Happy 45th, guy. Happy Thank 45th. You. Thank you. Uh, me and Brady. Only one of you has a happy marriage, though. We think, you know, you know, everyone gets to go inside the home. Yeah,
4: TMT's not outside my door, so you wouldn't know. You never know. Uh, We just what are we? uh, We probably went off. We're probably fourteen hours since our last podcast. I think since our last live stream.
5: I'd bet on Alyssa being a better cook than Giselle. I don't have any proof on Giselle, but I I would take Alyssa. Probably not at about a three to one. A few bucks low compared, but. I'm just talking cook. I'm not yeah, talking cook,
4: resources Okay, for sure.
5: If you gave her the resources could get ugly, you know, in those in a massive kitchen with unlimited and helpers too.
4: Yeah. I'd be, I'd be 300 by the end of the year. Yeah. You wouldn't, you know, be hard to look like Tom. That's professional. Sh- I that's that's sometimes the professional chef can help you. Cause they just, it's nothing but just, uh, you know, Chilean sea bass and, but I don't want see <laughs> bad. No, <laughs> who does? <laughs> uh what's up everybody? Great to see you if you're here on YouTube. Like I said, we just it is Tuesday, midday. We got off around 10:30 I think on Monday night Pacific time, and we are back here midday Tuesday with another show. If you're watching this YouTube, great. Subscribe to our channel, hit that like button. We appreciate that. Uh comment for the algo or comment with a real take. We appreciate that. We're going to have a mailbag coming up later in the week so get in the haberman and cough mailbag the way you do that is you go to apple podcast you leave us a review we appreciate five stars although john i gotta tell you when you see this week's mailbag we are getting hammered right now in the star game haters gonna hate bro you look like a, a 2007 utah
5: football recruit three stars yeah we'll, we'll ask alex smith what happened you know right. ask uh ask i can't think of any of their players in the late 2000s but i'm sure they had some good ones
4: uh go with uh, Eric Rowe. How, Eric Paul K-
5: Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger, that's a good one. Star Lotulele. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking Oregon, but that's Hilode. Same because not potential. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so it will be
4: a birthday bag coming up. And um yeah, I actually I did put in the bag this week a Spotify review. Somebody dm me. They said, hey, look, I gave you guys five stars on Spotify, so we answered my question.
5: And uh, I looked the other day. The pie chart used to be, I think, like 95% Apple podcasts. Yeah. You know, people listen on Apple. Spotify's gained a little market share that they're, they're almost at double digits, almost at 10. So, you know, just okay. keep swinging. You know, if you get to 9, 10, 12, I think they're going, you just get 20, 30%. You, you know, you're building the business.
4: Yeah. I mean, look, Apple's been at the game for a long time, right? It's still very, very early in the game feels like they created the game they created the game they did create the game that's why there's you know that's why there's one platform that 92 percent of the people use
5: what would we do if they're like we're gonna charge you 50 grand a year like, <laughs> well they, they kind of got a lot of us by the balls please go, take it easy on us
4: we call titos we'd be like titos we need a little more yeah <laughs> sleep number <laughs> we need a little more butcher box send them some knuckle meat We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka, as it turns out, which is uh, unofficially the sponsor of Birthday Week here on the uh, Ham Podcast. just turns out that both of us uh, were born this week, and it just turns out that we both have plenty of Tito's on hand. So Tito's Handmade Vodka, it is uh, America's original craft vodka. It creates so many of the official drinks of the Haberman and Middlecoff Podcast. We did get a text from our guy, Devin, the other day. He said, our cans are in. We got our you know, the cans that took the world by storm, the can drink, the empties that you can make your own, take it on the course with you, whatever, have it on your zoom and, um, enjoy, uh, Tito's vodka.com too. So many great recipes for Halloween. Ow. So uh, you can go check out uh, Tito's vodka, John. It's well, what else could you ask for?
5: Yeah. Ha- I, what we want you to do this week is if you got, I'm sure you do in your freezer. If you're out and about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever, Sunday afternoon, watching the Niner game, have a Tito's and, and cheers. Haberman Middlecoff birthday week. Just do do this for Tito's. Do it for our our parents for conceiving us and creating this podcast. Because without our birthdays and nine months before when we were originally born in 1985 and 1984, this would never exist. So and never would have led to one of the greatest partnerships we've ever seen with Tito's. I'm literally wearing a polo right now, Tito's. I have about 50 of them and I love them. Yep tito's handmade
4: vodka john bottled in austin texas 40 percent alcohol by volume namely any proof crafted to be savored responsibly do me a favor when you get when you talk to your mom ask her because my mom the other day called me to tell me that when i was born i had a a big scowl on my face and i looked like i didn't want to be there as if like i'm the only baby who came out with a scowl on his face but you, know you can that, lean a little negative that was a preview of my personality so just ask your mom. What did you what
5: What, what expression did you have on your face? I, I was wrapped around. I, I I was I wasn't breathing. I mean you're I'm a fighter. Some say I'm a miracle baby. I, I Honestly though, I had the, the thing wrapped around running, and thing I was. Got big. Yeah, just. Uh, but I, I I unwrapped it. I guess as zero years old, I unwrapped um, it and I said, "Hey!" And I started waving at everybody. You you pulled out a uh, you pulled out a knife <laughs> and just cut. <laughs> I said, "Go Raiders."
4: It was somewhat, yes, somewhat symbolic of what you would encounter in the radio business some uh 31 years later or whatever it was, you know. I've been here somewhere deep down your body was like I've been here before. Yeah, survival mode, baby. God against the world. Uh, so congrats, congrats to you. But nonetheless, the, after you congrats to us on life, you know, Esther mom. Uh and, hey, and thanks to everybody out there, Tito's included for uh, helping us, uh, helping us continue this endeavor, endeavor. When it's your birthday, you start reflecting on things. You do as always. And, uh, <laughs> one thing I reflect on is how thankful I am for this. So thanks to everybody. Seriously. I'm wearing this promo code ham hat, which, uh, somebody suggested might've been your first words at the hospital, 10% <laughs> off your uh, overnight stay. Uh, try that at the local, uh, local hospital. Uh, we're also sponsored by. We're also sponsored by ButcherBox, John. This is good. You know? <laughs> yeah, let's get on to the next piece of business. ButcherBox.com/slash/ham. ButcherBox.com/slash/ham. You can get free steak. You can get free lobster plus ten bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com/slash/ham.
5: Yep, guy. Uh, you get free shipping in the continental U.S. No big deal. Listen, here's the thing with ButcherBox: you go there, you put together a box: chicken, uh, red meat, steaks, ground beef. They have lobsters. We've had ribs. You get it all, and you create it, and you get it sent to yourself. But before you do, you use the promo code HAM and butcherbox.com slash ham to get a bunch of free stuff because that's the key here, guy. You get free steaks, you get free lobster, and you get free knuckle meat. Yeah, it's ten from the lobster, the knuckle Two 10-ounce New
4: York strip steaks and eight-ounce of lobster claw knuckle meat free in your first order, plus the 10 bucks off. Just go to uh, butcherbox.com slash ham. And if you don't want to do all the picking, if you're like, ah, it's too much decision-making, it it paralyzes me, that's fine. They've got boxes pre-made, you know, kind of – you can do the curated, uh, or I guess you can do the customized, or you can do the curated, which is the ones they already have kind of organized for you. It's all going to be an amazing value. So right now, butcherbox.com slash ham, two 10-ounce New York strip steaks, eight ounces of lobster claw, and knuckle meat full-free in your first order, plus 10 bucks off. Do you think
5: Kyle gave Sean McVeigh
4: the knuckle sandwich last night? Boy, I mean, knuckle sandwich? You're just thankful. Like, you know, Mark Gray, are the Rams the Niner slump buster, a.k.a. Mark Grace, uh, suspended from TV for talking about slump busters one time many years ago?
5: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they kind of are their slump buster, are they not? They really they are. are. Without the Rams, if you would have told me last night was the Eagles or last night was Tampa, it just—I don't know if we're sitting here like this, you know. But you tell me it's the Rams? What? What did Alex Smith? You say he said last night? Like, of course, I'm picking the Niners. I've seen this movie before. Yeah, Alex Smith said I just saw this game on Monday. He
4: said this before the game. I just saw this game last year on Monday Night Football. I'm going with the Niners.
5: Yeah, and after, RG3 said, not so fast, my friend. And Bob tried to say, hey, what did he say? The pupil has become the master? Uh, yeah, basically. The student. Yeah, well, the, the, the student, it turns out, is still not quite the master. Uh, Kyle just kicks his ass. Not a
4: championship, <laughs> though. So
5: does have a championship. You don't and want to matter in playoffs. Don't take yeah, I, anything away. You said seven of eight, right? The Niners. Would yeah. Kyle trade those seven? For the one and seven. You'd rather be one of,
4: yes, one and seven head-to-head, but the one was in the NFC Championship game to go on and win the championship, yeah.
5: The crazy thing is the majority of those wins, including a large percentage of the NFC Championship game, have looked very similar. Did you see, I I Instagrammed it, they they put the three pick sixes side-by-side, two Stafford and one Goff on, like, outside throw, where they Mm -mm. picked it all off. They all ended up in the DB's hand. One was, like, a true pick. The others kind of were tipped. But they were all, the Niners have had three pick sixes against the Rams in recent years on on a similar kind of quick screeny play. Wow, I did not see that, but I will go look for that. And then I I was telling you before, you know, you and I, your career was off and running, but when I got into talking, the Niners seattle rivalry was really in its heyday. And there was like a level of respect of just two dudes that, like, get inside the UFC, you know, the octagon. Once you're done, you just kind of, like, give the guy a nod. It's one guy's nose is pointing the other way, and the other guy that just won has a broken arm. And it's just like, we are two crazy motherfuckers. This this is a crazy way of life. And while I'm a champion and you lost, I, I respect what just went down here for the last 12 minutes in this bad boy with Rogan with a microphone in my face. It felt a little bit like that with the Niners in Seattle. Remember, Richard Sherman, the turkey at the 50, happened after Harbaugh like when the Niners became a joke. But when Jim was there, it felt like an all-out, just heavyweight brawl. And it wasn't that much like everyone on the field knew at any moment anyone could have a leg shattered, concussion. I mean, it was just you on the edge of your seat physicality-wise. A little bit like previously the Ravens and Steelers, kind of in our collegiate years. Just a war, right? This feels... Unlike that, kind of the opposite, where the Niners consistently kind of mock those guys, and there's just kind of running element of this with Kyle and Sean, but it doesn't feel like their rivalry like it did with Jim and Pete and the team. It more feels like the Niners I think they respect 99, but the rest of the team like is Richard constantly tweeting about Matt Stafford? somewhat indicative of the way some of those guys feel as well like this whole Maybe. thing like these guys are fucking overrated because clearly be. richard feels in a weird way much closer to this niner team and rooting them on than he does seattle obviously they have probably a higher ceiling so it's easier to do but like these I, are his I, guys i do think if we were to sidebar and richard for a second you know richard experienced a
4: quarterback in who in his mind got too much credit for being the quarterback Richard had seen Kaepernick and Crabtree get a lot of love, and what did he tell Aaron Andrews? Don't test me with a what do you say a sorry ass receiver,
5: sorry ass wide receiver, yeah. sorry ass wide
4: receiver <laughs> like Crabtree. Um, Richard, I think th- thinks Stafford has never won anything, and got, I mean up until last year, right? I'm Super Bowl champion. No, no, I understand. I'm just saying, like, has for a long time had this opinion that that um, you know he didn't earn, he didn't have the right to all the credit he was getting. So I do think Richard probably fundamentally just leans that way as a defensive player. The offensive guys get too much way more money, money. yeah, way more yeah, credit, way more money, way more attention, way more love, all that kind of stuff. And you know, a cornerback gets beat once, and we're like, God, he he sucks. He's like, well, What about the other fifty snaps that I won on? What about those? Right? Uh, easier to give credit to the guy who catches one touchdown pass and seven targets when he got shut down six other times. So maybe that's part of it. I I think probably you know the one thing we have seen though even though the rivalry in terms of the wins and losses isn't even, it does feel like last night there was a scuffle multiple times. Ramsey is just on edge. Bobby Wagner, I don't think
5: is particularly liked by the 49ers players. I, I felt like I threw his hat in the ring last night, right? Of like, yeah. hey, motherfuckers, I'm here to stay. Yep, yep. Debo throws himself around. Um, D- I mean, Debo kind of mocked Jalen. Didn't know what he was doing.
4: Mocked, you see that? Jimmy kind of, Jimmy, uh, when Jalen when, well, when Jalen knocked that like screen pass down, he started talking to Jimmy, and you could tell Jimmy was yapping back with him. So there is something there. Like I think there's, it's not Seattle, but I'm not saying there's not like there.
5: respect while the game's going on and it's physical and like people are getting lit up left and right because it is. It has similarities to like a really good rivalry. I'm talking after the game how openly they talk, how they don't respect the. That's a little unique to this rivalry that doesn't parallel the Niners Seattle. What was down. what w- was something in particular said that? Well, Debo kind of made fun of Jalen Ramsey. It just feels like the last couple of years they've just the, the respect level. Like I don't think they view them as as good as us casually on the outside. I would say the league. <laughs> I, I I wonder if they deep down don't respect them quite as much as is I think people would just assume they do as an opponent. Maybe they think they're tougher. Well, they clearly are. Physically. Yeah. you know, over time. They shove them around. I just it's hard when the
4: other team has won the championship and you haven't, and they went through you to get it. Like you I have know to that's give them some basic level. Well, I I guess maybe we have to. They they don't I who am I to tell Brandon? I you you have to give them who cares? That's not how it do, works. Do you
5: think the league would sign up for this to be like I mean, last year remember Monday night football was Rams, uh Arizona? They would they, they would sign up for Rams-Niners, as a playoff game, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, your
4: NFC games, we'll see. I mean, Philly always rates. So, Philly, even without anybody controversial. Single we'll Brady. What, we'll see what the Bucks look like, what Brady looks like. You know, is it another run for Brady in the offing? Dallas, you would take it. Green Bay. If, if,
5: and if Rogers, me and you ran the NFL, ratings-wise, what would you like the final four NFC, like the second week, right? Yeah, the well, big weekend. Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. You think
4: you'd go Eagles over like Rodgers? Well, I don't don't know. I think the I think you'd I think you'd want Brady there. All right. So so you're either taking out one of the you either taking out Philly. I think you take out Philly. Who was Philly when Philly played on Monday night? Well, I guess it was Titans Bills on ESPN and Philly was on ABC. So that's Vikings. Yeah, yeah. So you go Green Bay Tampa because I think there's something we'll see with Tampa. I think there's something with Philly that just feels like there is a buzz and a momentum that a new contender gets. And the question ultimately is like, now Green Bay could win this week and be four and one. They play the Giants. Like the Giants or the Packers are going to be four and one. They I feel like my people. first two
5: picks, I know Cowboys really rate, but it's like Rogers Brady are just picks. Well, the, are the Niners in the four? I think, I mean, Dallas would probably have to be in the four because of the brand. But if you said Niners, Rams, brady rogers that and would just also you mix them all i yeah. think you you can't lose yeah i i agree that you can't lose i think the question
4: is could you would philadelphia outrate one of those teams i think they might
5: we're gonna we might find out because so I, I think they out. are on the path to be the number one seed and we know now the number one seed is the only team that gets a buy yeah right yeah i mean they're three or four wins away you they get to eight nine and oh it's going to be hard for these other teams right the, if you had to guess right now, what's going to win the NFC West 11. Uh, two teams are two and
4: two plus They're all two and the Cardinals two. are two and two and they play, uh, they play Philly this week, right? But I'm
5: just talking about watching all four of them. Like it doesn't feel like there's a 12 and five team as yeah. much. Yeah. 11. You convinced 11. me there might be a tie at 10. I don't think it's inconceivable they all got some flaws. They all got some issues. Well, it's not, you know, 2019 when the
4: Niners started. What did they start that year? Six, nine and oh. Are they nine and oh to start the year?
5: Yeah. I mean, they went 13 and three and they had to win the final game to win the division. Yeah. And there, there were
4: two other 13 and three teams. And Seattle was 11 and five, but it was almost 12 and four. You know, if Seattle had won, they'd have been 12 and four. You'd have been 12 and four. They'd have won the division. They each twice. Yeah. Right. So, like, that was a year where it was stacked. Minnesota won ten games that year. Um, but you're right. Back to the huh?
5: Yeah. I yeah back I to your original
4: point. Like if Monday night football again on October 3rd had been at Philly, because you just made me think like, what happens if the Niners are going to Philadelphia in the playoffs? Tough place that, to play. Well, just tough place to play, but just think about Jalen Ramsey. Not Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Hurts. You know, trying to corral Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown and
5: Devonte, right they are they're really dangerous goddard's a really good tight end Miles sanders is a good running back but to me i i feel better about the defense being able to neutralize them is guy. their defensive line is fantastic trent williams better be healthy and McGlinchy better figure some stuff out
4: yeah i agree but I, but i don't think you're holding them to nine points Oh no. <laughs> You're not getting the Packer game last year. You're not getting the Rams game Monday night. Like that team is just really too good on offense. Yeah. So uh well let's talk about the let's talk about it real quick. Here, look, here we go. You 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 sent me this last night. Here are your NFC standings. Philly, four and Minnesota, three and one. Tampa, two and two. Niners, four seed, two and two. Dallas three and one, Giants three and one. Packers three and one. Those are your top seven. Then the Rams are two and two. Uh, and they are the the eights, I, yeah. I
5: forgot Minnesota beat Green Bay first week of the
4: season. Yeah, how about them being three and one? Uh, and how about the Giants? So you figure the Giants will fall out of there? I mean, the question is it doesn't feel like there's gonna be three NFC teams vying for playoff contention. We'll see if the Cardinals win this week, you'll have to take them seriously. Um, but of the teams that are not in right now, Dallas is not in. Well, I think the two locks to stay. Oh, I'm sorry, Dallas, I mean, sorry, 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 I had the. Uh,
5: go ahead. The two, the two locks to stay is Tampa's winning that division, right? That they are going to be a top four seed. I don't, yeah. I don't know what their overall record is going to be. You can convince me it's ten and seven because they cruise. You convince me because their division they get to twelve, but they're winning that division, so they're going to be you know one of the top four teams. And Philly, to me. Is winning that division. Now, I could look like an idiot if you know Dallas beats the Rams and they they just keep winning games. Like they're gonna, it'll be kind of one of those Seattle Niner thing. Like it's just gonna be how they play against the Eagles, right? And last year they did sweep the Eagles. And if you remember, Jalen Hurts on a Monday night game in Dallas played fucking putrid. So that's I think Dallas is just thinking we just gotta maintain, sustain with the Eagles, and then we play them twice, right? Mm-hmm.
4: You're right. Dallas has to feel really, really good. They got a shot. If they their, win, this, guy, their defense is
5: fantastic right now. I mean, they're 3 0 with their backup quarterback. They have, like, Nick Bosa feels like the defensive player of the year, and Micah Parsons feels like the defensive player of the year. So when you have that yeah. and you can kind of build around that, you just cause havoc. I, honestly, I, I kind of like Dallas this weekend against the Rams. Against the Rams, that game is in LA. You think the Rams are a locked playoff team? Um, well, I mean, the thing with the NFC is, it's just
4: here are the teams not in the playoffs right now: Rams, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, Bears. Then there's the Panthers, the Saints, the Lions, and the Washington. Well, who's better? the The Rams or the Giants? The Rams. The Rams. Yeah. Who's better? But than Rams. But that's not Cardinals. the way
5: it always works. I mean, no, the Rams it's, it's
4: not the way it always works. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, I do, I don't think I w- I wouldn't use the word lock necessarily if they lose this week and go to two and three, but.
5: To me, they're clearly one of the best seven teams in the NFC. I agree, but they're scheduled because the the division plays the NFC West. Like, they got the Niners coming up again in a couple weeks. Then they got Tampa. Then they play the Chiefs. Then they got Vegas. Then they play Green Bay. Then they play the Chargers. You know, it's just, they just got a lot of hard games that, like, how are the Rams going to block Chris Jones and Khalil Mack and, but, who,
4: is any but But how many teams are really going to run away to the point that the Rams aren't going to be in this thing week 15, 16, 17, 18?
5: I guess my point is it's going to be a little harder. Like, I don't, you know. Yeah. I'm with you. They, they, they should make it. They have one of the best coaches. They still have really good players. But when your offensive line is that shitty, and their offense, I, I listened to a little bit of McVay talking. Like their offense has been really, really bad this year. You know, for their standards and what they're paying some guys, right? I mean, they, they have a 40-plus million-dollar quarterback. They got a 30 $28 million wide receiver. I mean, Allen Robinson makes a lot of cash. You know, they drafted running backs high. Tutu is a bust. I haven't I seen mean, it. Yeah. Well, he sucks. They gave the ball to the other guy from Texas. So they got issues.
4: They do have issues. They do. And when you watch them, you, it is to, is to, to watch them is to realize how great Cooper Cup is for them because he, is clearly the best player they have on offense by a wide
5: margin. Well, like Tampa, right, against the Chiefs, kind of got worked. But I, I, I saw – did you see the stat? The NBC put it up. Brady, when scoring 31 points, was like 125 and fault four. Like he's, he's never loot. And you yeah. just go, their defense is really rare. good. Who's going to smoke them like Andy and Mahomes? That's probably an 11-win team with ease.
4: And like and you time, said, Andy and Mahomes single.
5: really wanted that game. Really, really bad.
4: Tom does have more time for hashtag film study. Yeah, I mean,
5: <laughs> I could, say, I, I could see Tom spotted out and about with like Leo.
4: Oh, what, what was Leo's group called? The the Pussy Posse. That was like Leo and uh, uh, um, Toby Maguire. I guess they made a movie. I didn't realize this. Somebody sent me a Leo article a few weeks ago. Leo and that crew with Toby and a few other guys. They made a movie in the 90s. I don't remember what it was called. It was like a James in New York. No, no. They made a movie that they actually, they, after they saw it, uh, got like a legal injunction to prevent its release because it made them look bad. They didn't like the way it made them look.
5: What are they doing? Chasing chicks?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's just them acting apparently like the way everyone says they just act in real life.
5: <laughs> so they were just being themselves.
4: Yeah, I don't. Again, I haven't seen the movie. There's, I think, there's some way through like some freedom of something, something you can get, you can get a download link to it somehow. Blah 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 blah. But like the guy who made the movie has been banned from releasing the movie. I'd check that out. Yeah, I, I want to find it. But they're all young. Like it was made in the '90s. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that has to do with the standings, but oh, that was a Brady Brady uh, sidebar. Anyway, the Niners win one game. They're right back in that thing. So,
3: butcherbox.com/slash/ham pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you
5: Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
4: Uh, check this out this is uh, Chris Biederman our buddy Chris wrote this today I tweeted this Nick Bosa's approach to the game is considered pretty unique in Niners HQ but Kyle Shanahan just mentioned that Bosa's mentality uh, mentioned Bosa's mentality when asked about Talanoa Hufanga saying their approaches are similar Shanahan's not a hyperbole guy so for him to throw that out feels pretty uh, notable Um, and then uh, Matt Barrow's uh, posted the next gen stats who Funga reached 21 miles per hour during his interception faster than any Niner ball carrier this year. Uh, Jeff Wilson on his touchdown was 20.8 miles per hour tops for a Niners offensive player. And somebody tweeted at us, JR tweeted us 40 times are close to worthless finally. Um, and while I know you don't love necessarily that perspective, I do think it gives us a chance to talk about a guy who we talked about a little bit on Monday night for just his natural kind of feel and i don't know maybe his physical talents are better than people realize but he clearly is one of their one of their key he's one of the he's be, he is ir- becoming irreplaceable on their defense
5: well we told the story during training camp about drake jackson and Hufunga talking to someone at niners camp uh in their front office about you know over the clay helton era when they lost a lot of games naturally when you scout players in losing environments it just it can be kind of negative everyone's losing You know, it's just it's not a healthy environment like you go into Alabama, you go into Ohio State, you go into Georgia. If they are negatively speaking upon you, that's a bad thing because everything's positive, right? You're winning you're champions. You're competing for championships. Everyone's going to the league. It's a focused area. That was the opposite of the Clay Hilton era. And as the guy explained to me the difference of like Drake Jackson, who kind of just fell under the category of basically everyone in the program where it was hard to kind of get to the bottom of everything. It was like there wasn't a soul, no matter how many games they lost that didn't swear by Ufunga. Basically, the way he described it, he rose above it all, which is very rare. And that was, it's pretty crazy watching USC right now under Lincoln, just how impressive, like they feel where they're going. You know, it's clear, like how different it just was. (laughs) And he just said like, Nobody. You couldn't find a human being in the building, no matter how ugly a day, no matter how ugly a game, no matter who just got fired, who had a negative thing to say about Talonohu Funga. And I think he's representing that since he's been here as just a guy who came in. One, when you're a late round draft pick, you're not guaranteed shit. You're not guaranteed to make the team. Now, clearly he had backers on the team, right? I think it's fair to say the head coach and the general manager really liked the player. He fits a lot of things that they look for. Physical from John, just safety, willing to fucking knock you out. And then Kyle, serious focus, also physical player. Like they 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 clearly have a type. And th- but then you got to take advantage. Like even if coaches are rooting for you and giving you some opportunities, you do got to take advantage of them. And this guy has beyond ran with them because last year he's a role player, right? Special teams, hitting people, came in occasionally, made some big plays then has one of the most historic fumble recoveries in the history of the franchise. And this year I don't want to say handed a a, a starting spot because he had kind of earned it, it had opened up that way. But then once the games come, you do got to play well and he's he's fucking dominated, guy. I mean, he is he has stood out on a defense full of guys standing out. That's what's crazy. Like yeah. to stand out on this defense it's it's difficult and he has I mean, he's one of their better draft picks, it feels like. I and mean, it's so early in his career, but I don't want to go this far yet, but you remember Kittle by about year two, it was like, God, they got they hit a home run here with a fifth round pick. He's kind of got that vibe of a six round pick, doesn't he? Yeah, it goes from,
4: oh, they got some good depth with this guy, good value, to oh, okay, they've got a start, they've got a solid starter to oh, they've got a key part of their defense to do they just have one of the best because he's he's if he's healthy, he's going to be playing this year on one of the best defenses in the NFL, which means there will be opportunities to make plays all over the field. And then you just start making plays and you start making more plays. I mean, you look back at him, Johnny was uh, a first team All American, first team All American, which you, you, ha- college football, you have to be a first team All American to qualify for the College Football Hall of Fame. You can't be a College Football Hall of Famer if you were not a first team All American during your college career. So it's a very, I mean, it's a significant honor. Now, it doesn't guarantee you any pro success. We know that. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. And, uh, you know, he got drafted by a team that that values that league. We see a lot of teams on the West Coast. It does feel, I don't know if the numbers reflect this, like the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams, like guys from Utah, from Washington, from USC. So much it,
5: easier for your scouts, your GM to, to see them, right? The maybe, they, guys. Yeah, maybe it's
4: that. So they just... I think you said it. It's it is he is such a fit from a personality standpoint with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Like I saw uh, Eric Crocker today tweeted, like, how is it that Kyle Shanahan's an offensive genius and yet his he's got a defensive team? And that's kind of what his tweet was. He he got into more specifics, uh, but that's how I remember it. And my response, kind of kidding, was because Kyle Shanahan deep down wishes he was a middle linebacker and not a wide receiver, right? Like deep down, even though Kyle gets kind of this boy genius offensive play caller thing at his core his core belief about football is it's about hitting other people hard not about running by them or jumping over them his core belief is it's about being stronger and pushing people and so you know i think sometimes offensive coaches put all of their effort and their attention into having a fun or a great or high scoring offense and a lot of the credit goes to the players they have and to the the player evaluations P- adam peters and john lynch and obviously having good coordinators like Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans, but you do get what you emphasize. And clearly Kyle Shanahan, you know, some offensive coaches, you watch their teams and you go, well, they're getting what they emphasize and what they emphasize is kind of flashy. When you watch Kyle, I don't think it's he, I, I do think he gets some credit. What he emphasizes clearly is smart, physical, no bullshit, tough nose defense. And everyone says that's what they want a team to be, but they clearly put their, he puts his draft capital where's where his mouth is, right? Like they draft defensive players a lot and not just flashy guys, a
5: lot. Well, who, who are his favorite players on this team on offense? George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, all physical ass kickers. Like he's not really in, like would you say Andy Reid's one of the rare former offensive linemen who wishes he was a wide receiver? <laughs> <laughs> but like when you when I say, what do you think of Andy Reid, right? You think Deshaun Jackson, Tyree Kill, Shady that, McCoy. That's even great, like they right. draft Clyde in the first round. Like you know what? He likes he think about he it. Think Kelsey about is you John. just said you said last week, Kelsey's a different plays a different position. than. Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it, though, with Andy. Andy is a kid who
4: grew up shooting threes, but then got was the biggest player. So they put him at center. Andy, punt, how many offensive linemen in the NFL today participate in the punt, pass and kick competition? He loved it. He wanted to be a punter. That's what he wanted <laughs> to be. And they're like, no, you go over there with the big guys. He's like, no, I'm a quarterback. And, um, he's a little guy stuck in a big guy's body. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of Shanahan in that way too. But anyway, I mean, maybe they have a feel for the feel for field. Do you, you scouted players in the NFL? You scouted college players. I think one of the questions I would have then for people who evaluated like you did is how do you evaluate a player's feel right because that is the thing when we talk about look how fast he ran in the game versus how fast he ran at the combine what we're talking about is somebody who plays in a way that is different than how they appear on paper, right? So we're talking about scouting the games versus the the
5: traits. I think the problem with him was is he ran a 464 and in college he was not playing in space right he was he was up at the line of scrimmage a lot like he is now, but he weighed 200 pounds. So you go, you couldn't go, well, maybe he could play linebacker, right? He was never going to play linebacker and people just hadn't seen him play in space. And really he, they don't ask him to cover half the field, right? He is up around the line of scrimmage. He is around tight ends. He is, you know, triggering on wheel routes to running backs. Like they are not asking him to play, like their other safeties, like Jimmy Ward does. So to me, when you get a guy, you have to go, we have a plan to use this guy because I see a lot people overthought it and 40 times don't matter. No, 40 times help determine your value. The the, the NFL draft is a marketplace. It's not his market value at the time. Like if he's a $300,000 home, you're not going to pay a million dollars for him. Everyone acknowledged he's somewhere between a fifth and seventh round pick. So it's easy to go. Well, he should have gone in the second round. Well, at the time coming to the draft, there wasn't a soul in the league that thought he should be a top 75 pick. So you drafting him that high would be insane because you can get other players before you get him. That That's where the post-conversation becomes kind of weird. I, I, I do understand, though. I remember him coming out and early on talking to friends last year of like, what was his deal? And they just said they couldn't find a position. They didn't think he could play safety. And a lot of teams do not have the safety near the line of scrimmage. The safeties are back. So they, they, they basically, you have to be able to truly cover. And the one thing we can say about Hufunga is the Niners are not asking him to just man up with guys in the open field or play in space. When I look at the, the screen, 29 is up around the line of scrimmage or at least around Fred and Greenlaw, right? He is not back with Odom or when Jimmy's playing. He's not, he's not going to be back there. Now, occasionally he will, depending on the cover. It's like backpedal, but they, they are using him correctly. Part, part of hitting on players, like George Kittle's value, why he became such a star, is the Niners' fucking run game. Immediately they asked him to block. He dominated blocking. Like, you've got to ask the guys to do the right thing, and that's what Kyle – I think they've hit on a lot of random guys is because they specifically asked them to do what they're good at. Right?
4: Which is coaching. Right. Don't put a square peg in a round hole.
5: No. And I, I think it's easy. That's why a lot of coaches are bad. Not because they don't know exactly what they want out of their offense or defense. It's because when they get involved in the draft process, they fall for a guy that actually doesn't work with what they're going to ask him to do. And then they get frustrated once the guy's on the team. And it's it's happened to Kyle. I mean, it happened to every coach or GM. Right. You draft a guy. and He doesn't fit. But I think the Niners, why they've been able to replenish so many guys is they found fits. They found yeah. fits. Yeah.
4: You know, I you maybe think of when you're talking about draft value, it's um, what is success for a professional better? 55% or whatever the number is, 54.6%, right? Whatever the number is, right? That's what it takes for a professional better, the number, the percentage of its bets to hit to be a successful better. Think about that. If, you know, I, that's 45% misses, right? That's yeah, a lot. Right. I mean, like you just are going to mit- the 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 fifth rounder who succeeds uh, is not unheard of. Somebody in the fifth round is going to succeed, right? It's not like everybody who's a fifth round is some is is a guy that nobody thinks can play.
5: But, but I just think part people struggle with once a guy becomes a good player. Like this guy, how Cam Chancellor, for example, is probably the best quote unquote box safety of his generation. He was a fifth-round pick. Like, you don't need to get the sweet box safety in the second round. That's just not where those guys are going. Here, let me read you some of this, because this is all – here's the NFL. This is the um, – It's Lance
4: Zerline writes this uh, up. Yeah, Zerline and then Chad uh, uh, Reuter. Um, But strengths. And these are – I'll read you the strengths and the weaknesses, and they'll all sound like they're the same thing. Has the size of a box safety. Eye-popping production in the 2020 season. Forces blockers to account for him near the line of scrimmage. Rarely false steps when reading and reacting to the play. Okay, so maybe that's an example. Maybe he plays a little quicker than he is because he doesn't uh, take a false step. Flows to the football with good leverage. Shows ability to dip under O-line blocks. Comes to balance and drives hips through contact. Hammers anything in front of him from split safety. Good pattern reading off from the slot. Proper angles when tackling. After the catch, limiting yak. Okay. Weaknesses. Now, these are all very similar. Broke his right collarbone twice and dislocated the shoulder on the same side. Well, why, why would that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Suffered a concussion in 2019. Durability will be a major concern due to aggressive style. So this is Debo Samuel at safety. Athletic limitations could make him scheme dependent. Overly concerned looking for misdirection gets behind
5: on the play. Maybe that's just teaching. Well, here's here's an example. Hufunga in the scouting report at USC was 199 pounds. I don't know exactly what he played at USC, but when he got to the combine after his, it must have been his Wait, he was 199 pounds when he got to the combine? Yep. That's
4: crazy. You know know what Cam Chancellor was coming out of college? What? 230 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder what funga now looks like. He's two twenty.
5: So think. So what would you say? Yeah, I mean, I maybe two fifteen. Fifteen. He's just. I mean, Cam was really, really big. But I, I do think it's fair to go. This is how the guy's going to play. Will it hold? Like he's already shattered collarbones and got a concussion. He's not going to play differently. Will that hold up in the NFL? And maybe the NFL players. Well, the Niners' aren't quite attitude. As big? The Niners' attitude is well. Let's see if he only lasts two years. Then that's what happens,
4: right? That's how they play there, guys. He had multiple broken collarbones? Multiple broken collarbones and a dislocated shoulder on the same side as the broken collarbones. Now, I don't know if that's three injuries or two, but um, will struggle to carry vertical routes down the field, sees breaks coming but can't burst to cover them, doesn't gain depth quickly enough with his pedal and swerve. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A source tells us, said a scouting director for an NFC team You don't think he should be able to make so many plays. But there he is all the time near the ball. The injuries are a concern, though, and I think it pushes him down to the third day. So, you know, it's interesting. We've not really talked about his college injuries. when we. I I
5: didn't realize he was injured so much. It's
4: probably not something we realized since, you know, when he was drafted, we probably read this scouting report and forgot about it. But maybe he would have been drafted higher if not for...
5: Yeah, I I, I think a healthy, same player probably goes, you know, has a chance to go third, fourth. I mean, guy, those are major, multiple broken collarbones and a concussion. I, I just think you go, could this guy immediately get injured? Because that's how that's how he's going to play. To me, if he's uninjured, he probably goes a hundred spots higher than then. Because it was clear, right? Everyone's saying the same shit. The Niners said the same stuff. People I talked to said the same. No one disputed like the guy couldn't play. You know, sometimes like I just don't see it. You know, it's like a lot of hype on this guy. Everyone's like, yeah, you turn on the tape, 15 makes every other tackle, and he crushes people. The only question is like, and then he'll shatter his collarbone. <laughs> you know I mean? That's that's somewhat concerning, right? If, if you have foot issues as a wide receiver, right, that there are certain injuries for certain type players that would just make you nervous. I would say shoulders with big hips. Honestly, would foot do. with anybody. Foot with everybody. I'm for nervous sure.
4: for Armstead right now with plantar fasciitis. Yeah, it's a problem. Knee, knee problem. with Krenlau. Knee with Kinlaw. Absolutely. Uh, John, the Panthers are coming up this week for the 49ers, who, by the way, the 49ers, I told you this before the pod, so I won't make you pretend to guess again. Second best point differential in the NFC right now. Go figure that one. Uh, I don't think you would have expected that, but they're not giving up points. Here's how few points they're giving up. Eric Branch with this nugget. The Niners are allowing 3.81 yards per play, which would be the lowest figure in the NFL since 1977, I'm pretty sure Dandy, uh, Dandy Don Meredith was calling Monday Night Football games in 1977. I know you like Troy's singing on Monday Night. The Panthers, the Niners' next opponent, are ranked 32nd in the NFL in total offense. So, two things to consider. Big picture, lowest yards per play in the league since '77, middle cost birth year, kidding.
5: And uh, the Panthers are a bad offense. Do you think Namath had a, had a Namath cast in
4: 1977? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Call now. Check your zip code. See if you qualify. Medicare is for you. Don't leave your money to the
3: government.
5: Do you think this ensures, I mean, it felt like he had a ton of momentum just coming into the season before the Niners defense is probably even better than expected to to be a head coach. Or is there always an uphill battle when it comes to defensive coaches?
4: Well, I just think I, the short answer is yes. He is going
5: to be a head coach,
4: and it feels like if you asked me to bet, I would bet he will be a head coach in 2023. We saw with Sala; there were you probably could have bet he'd be a head coach the year before he actually be- became a head coach, right? And it might be you know D'Amico if they have a great year and they've got the number one defense, and he's got a bunch of this, these guys coming back. He might be in a position kind of like Leftwich, where he didn't have to take a job. He had a pretty good job going, right? Byron didn't have to take a job. Uh, It felt like he could kind of – he can wait, and Byron (laughs) Leftwich will become a – Well, he said no unless Bulky gets fired. Yeah, (laughs) right. So he – I think D'Amico will be similar. Should have been on Bulky. I mean, look at what this team he's put together. Doug's like, yeah, I'll work with a guy. (laughs) I I think D'Amico – now, here's a question. Is this the game that D'Amico shows the Panthers owner that this should be his next coach? Does D'Amico take get the Panthers job this week, holding Baker to six
5: points? That is a good thought. I do wonder, do you think Tepper, after giving Rule a ton of money, even though it's like ton of money, Rule was making a ton of money, that was just the cost of acquisition, is less likely to go splashy? Or when you're that rich, kind of, you know, Steve Cohen with the Mets, like, I'm just going to try to hire the best coach. Like Expenses aren't an issue for me.
4: I don't think anybody in football, the, Wisconsin, like we talked about last night. Wisconsin didn't just pay Paul Christ eleven million dollars to go away, and then now they're going to have to go cheap on the next guy. They're going to pay even more money for the next guy. Nobody's spending less on coaches; they're spending more. Like I saw somebody like Ah Mel Tucker got ninety million. I don't know teams are going to back off from that. No, they're not. No, they're not. the The eighties haven't changed. Jimmy Sexton hasn't changed. The market has not changed, and the no. TV dollars are only going up. Same in the NFL; these guys are paying more for teams. Well, you pay more for a team. Does that mean you're going to save money on the coach or spend more money on the coach? You don't buy a Porsche and then put cheap tires on it because you spent all your money on your car. You spend more money on your tires. He's going to spend more money on his coach. I don't know why anybody – people always wonder, like, are they going to spend less on coaches now? No. I mean, the Raiders might, maybe, but they didn't. Even even the Raiders didn't. They spent all that money on Gruden. It didn't work, and they just went and got Josh, who I don't know what he's making, but it's not cheap. He's not well, cheap. Well,
5: he, he was making like five to be the offensive coordinator, so I I, I would guess – if I had to guess, Josh making ten. I mean, I, I think Josh makes a lot of money. Panthers might be a good job. You get a new quarterback, good defensive talent. Yeah, good people like living in Charlotte. The only thing I think – do you remember when the Browns were interviewing Sala and Stefanski, and then they played and Sala punked Stefanski, and I was like, oh, Sala just got the job. Playoff game, punked yeah. the guy. The guy it was like – it was mono Imano, and it was right. really – he was the offensive coordinator, Sala defensive coordinator, and Sala in the defense fucking destroyed Kirk Cousins. And then Stefanski got the job. So it's a cool talking point, but you know, one game does not. Now this new owner, I I I would say it feels it'll be fun thing to say the potential, and I would imagine if they fire Rule, which rules in major trouble if he loses this game, like to get fired before Halloween because he's headed one and four, then he's one and five, and it, it just get ugly fast. And their offense sucks, and they're probably going to get punked by D'Amico. Like there is a decent chance the final score of this game is like twenty three to three. I mean Baker Mayfield has been atrocious, and this defense is going to be licking their lips if they can get back up for the game like they just did, which is always a little difficult. But I don't think that that guarantees anything in this kind of world. No, I, you know we, we've seen I, it before. I agree with that. I don't but I, I bet anything. that's talked about. People are on Twitter like he's sure. auditioning. And not that he's not. It's not like you would always want to show potential employers how talented you are at the job. But like would Vance Joseph, you know, did he just audition for the, you know, he just punked Baker. Like a lot of people are punking Baker.
4: Now, By the way, I'm going to show you a photo. For those of you listening to the podcast, I'll describe the photo. It's a It's a coach a white man with a beard and a hat, and he's pointing. He's wearing a Bills hoodie and a Bills hat, and he's talking to a player on the Bills wearing a red jersey. The last name is Smith, and he's wearing the number six. Do you know who this coach is? LSU guy. It's Joe Brady. Yeah. Yeah, who not that long ago was about to be an NFL head coach. and was the, the, diff- the, the, the difference, and though, is guy. Coach, no, no, no. I'm not comparing him to D'Amico at all. Totally different. I agree. I'm just saying this it guy changed, was yeah. – yeah. It would change really fast. He was the OC for the Panthers. He got fired after. Did he even last the full year as OC? Yeah, he got one full year and then he lasted like half the next. He's year. He's the QB coach of the of the Bills now. Now you're right. He's not. D'Amico is.
5: But wh- while He's yeah, you get locked. I would say this: you get derailed, like thrown off the tracks. But think about that. Is Ken Dorsey? I was thinking about when Ken Dorsey freaked out, and then I started googling Ken Dorsey, and you realize. This guy has been in the football vernacular now for basically two decades, right? As obviously the starting quarterback on one of the best college teams we've ever seen. Middle of the road, NFL backup type, but then goes into coaching. And now he's the offensive coordinator for a superstar. So is Ken Dorsey interviewing for jobs this year? Uh, Yeah, decent chance, right? Yeah, If you had to bet, is Ken Dorsey a head coach within the next year or two? typically the way it
3: works right yeah
5: yeah assuming i'm just going to assume quarterback high-level guy impressive the dugs the frank reichs like the former backup quarterbacks who then are good with offense are i would imagine are pretty impressive (laughs) we've met our fair share of just middle of the road quarterbacks they look the part walking in they have good a resume of coaching if they've coached a high-level guy they're usually impressive they're guys guys they're good looking they just kind of they just kind of got it, you know. There's a reason a lot of people want to be quarterbacks, and a lot of women want to be with quarterbacks. There's just something about them. So think about this. Let's just hypothetically say Ken Dorsey gets a job this year somehow. The Bills are awesome. He gets a job. What if Joe Brady's the next coordinator? Then all of a sudden, in two years, right. Joe Brady's stock is back up, and he's a head coach. Yeah, I'm just just part I of being to- a good head coach. Part of getting the opportunity as a quarterback, typically, you got to be around good players. And I'm not saying Joe Brady might be a fraud. Who knows? I don't know much about him, but like, doesn't feel like anyone's having success in Carolina. No. They don't have quarterback. Um,
4: I just eyeballed it real quick. I you could make the case that there will be ten to eleven, which would be high openings. Um, no,
5: that feels way
4: high. Well, I know. I'm just saying you can. If if we went through all 32 right now, which you could, you I and I said you think maybe you'd say yes, maybe to like ten or eleven teams. Just looking at it real quick. So
5: I think the I think the average is like six and a half, seven yeah,
4: I know. Well here, I'll just Washington, New Orleans, Carolina, Arizona, uh, Dallas. Although Dallas feels like maybe not,
5: but there's five. I, I, I would bet against Arizona.
3: Okay, I mean, he fine, just paid them I'll, a lot of money.
4: Let me just give you the so Indy, Denver, the Chargers, the Jets, Baltimore, maybe if something happened with Harbaugh, that's all two and two. I know. Uh, and Miami, if the league bans Mike McDaniel, would be 11. So there's 10. And you're right. You can, you can argue against three or four of them pretty easily. So maybe it's six to seven. But that's a lot of jobs that D'Amico will be one of the better candidates for.
5: You know, the Dolphins just made up rules. Like, they're just clearly the league said you can't play them. Like, no team, if a guy is just in the concussion protocol, just says, yeah, he's in the protocol. We'll see. Yeah. But what if Tua passes out of the protocol? Wins. There's like, he's out. Like, so you guys are just acknowledging that makes it look worse on that Sunday game, right? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I saw last night on
4: halftime, Schefter was like, "Obviously, two is out this week," and I'm like, "Obviously, what? What do you mean, obviously? Why is it obvious? I mean, I we all think he's out, but so maybe that's what he means. But like the week before, I would have said, "Obviously, he's out this week," and there's then he came back rules. into the game. Wow. So anyway, there's that. You want? We kind of we weren't going to talk about the Miko necessarily, but uh, we can't talk about just this game too. With again, uh, I'll just use the stat again: three point eight yards per play, lowest in seventy-seven. The Panthers are not good on offense.
5: It's I, I watched the Arizona Carolina game on Sunday. Carolina's offense is putrid. I mean, Baker really looks terrible. I've always liked DJ Moore. I think he's good. I had a buddy once compare him to like. He's a poor man's version of Debo, but he's like, he's he's built that way. He's a good player, but him and Baker clearly not eye to eye. We noticed a couple weeks ago when Christian got hawk like McCaffrey, you just can't have that many injuries to your lower body. Guy, he's not the same guy. They're in major trouble, guy. I mean, they, they cannot score points, and the Niners don't give up any points. Could the Niners win this game like 13 to nothing? I mean, <laughs> it might not even take that much. If
4: Shanahan just packs it in. The thing is, Baker. It will throw you the ball once or twice. Now, McCaffrey could still break one off on you, or DJ Moore could score a breakaway touchdown. But it does feel like the Niners' defense specific, in particular is on a mission. Now, it might just feel that way because they're a fantastic team, and that's what fantastic defenses look like. But I do think they got a taste of, of what might be the best defense in the league. You know what I mean? Like what it's like to be the best defense in the league. I think they got a little taste of it. And I think they're going to want more this week. And this is a BP fastball for them. Yeah,
5: I agree. Th- this is... You got to take advantage of this momentum. Because it felt... It was pretty devastating I, on the Denver game. Like, guy, yeah, you lose a game 11-10. to 10. I mean, that's... That's a kick in the nads. <laughs> and that was... Niners have had some devastating losses in the Shanahan era. That one... Did you call it the worst loss of the Shanahan era? I did. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was... You could make the argument, you know, if Debo's touchdown was the best touchdown of the Debo
4: Yeah, era. I also made that statement. And yeah. I, we could argue it, but I'm confident that, like, it's in the conversation. You know, it's an arguable even, thing.
5: Yeah. And that win was big. <laughs> but now you got to keep the momentum because, listen, I i don't even want to bring up the game after that because I think it's so easy. And you often do this in the NFL, like, ah, because you can do it in college with good teams, right? Like win, win, win. This one's going to be tough. Win, win, win. In pros, you just cannot do that. But it's hard not to peek at Panthers, Atlanta, and not think four and two before the, I think the and then it's the Chiefs game four and two. Because if you're four and two going to the Chiefs game, then it's like you're in great shape. The hard part is I was I was texting someone about the Raiders when you get below 500 a couple games as the season goes to get in that 9-10, 9-10 win range, you have to go on a three game winning streak. Right. If you are five and seven, the only way to get to the playoffs is you got to win like three games in a row to then get to eight and seven, right? And to have a chance to take advantage of the final, whatever stretch of the season. When you build that little cushion, you can get to, let's just, I'll just pick a number six and three. You can have a devastating loss. And you know what it is? Not a devastating loss because you're six and four. The numbers are on your side. Remember the Yankees earlier this season? They were having, like, the greatest season in Yankee history. And then they went on, like, that two-week span where fucking Aaron Boone's hitting the dais and everyone's freaking out. But you know what? They were, like, 30 games above 500. So it, they won the I, division. I looked the other they're day, they're going to the win 100 play. games.
4: Yeah. I, did you look? I think they're, like, seven or eight games up in their division. They clinched the playoffs, like, a week ago.
5: You got to build little cushions in football. Like, in college, it doesn't matter as much, right? Because – for the teams that, you know, the 12-ish teams that want to go to the playoffs, there's just there's one game and you're kind of derailed, right? And then you're just holding on for dear life. You can't lose again. In the pros, you know, it's why these coaches say, listen, part of the evaluation process that's hard, you just never know. These guys coming from Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Michigan, they're just not used to losing. Up here, like, we have awesome seasons. We lose six games, right? 11 and 6, basically, how many People in the how many teams in the league right now would sign up for 11 and 6? 30? Yeah. I mean, w- would the Niners sign up for 11 and 6 right now? So they're two and
4: two. So that would mean you go, yeah, nine and four.
5: Like with the Eagles, the, the Eagles was the team I was breathing about, wondering because they're feels, like, oh. feels like the Packers in their division. Like if I'm the Packers, I think I can get 12. Division stinks. Yeah, it wouldn't be great to go If you're the
4: Eagles, I think you want, you feel like, oh, let's go get 12 or 13 and like be the run, get 13 and be the runaway
5: one seed. I would not sign up for 11 and six if I was the Eagles. If I was the Chiefs, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't if I was the Packers. If I was the Niners, I wouldn't heartbeat. 11 and six, like I said, might win the division. But my point is to get to 11 and six, you do got to get to the point where you are six and three or seven and four, where you just have like, oh, you lost some random game. You're seven and five. Then you win the next week. You're eight and five. And you just, you keep that buffer. And that's why last year, remember, it was 3 and 5 and it was like you're holding on to the rope for dear life and then they won a couple games and they barely got above it. I mean they they easily could have been 9 and 8 if fucking Jimmy doesn't have the 2 minute drive at the end of the Rams game, right? Yeah. Yep. And 9 and 8 is now basically the new 8 and 8. 8 and 9 9 and 8 to me are basically the same. It's the difference what, what's of like 7 and 9. 7 and 9 is probably the new 7 and 10.
4: Yeah, it's worse. It's not closer
5: to eight and eight. It's closer to
4: three games under 500.
5: Yeah. yeah. Because I would say eight and nine is probably the difference in a fumble or a missed field goal when you really dive into it, right? Without question.
4: Yeah. Just watch the lines. And, and the same thing. And with they're probably not going to get to eight and nine.
5: The lines? Yeah. You can't get to eight and nine when your defense gives up 75 points a game. <laughs> when you give up 48 to Geno. I still can't believe how confidently he tweeted that Jared Goff's better than Matt Stafford. Like I I don't he's not trolling or anything at all. He believes that to his core. Well, you said check the for all you stats people, check the numbers.
4: (laughs) Which, you know, the numbers is what's gonna help Goff. The eye test is not ever gonna help Goff in that argument. That's part of the the deal, right?
5: He'd be like, don't check the tape. Look at the look at the ESPN.com stats. Well, it's not like the tape is great right now either. No, it's, it's Jared's tape's not terrible. It's just then do you factor in the context, right? Because I I was thinking about this the other day, like uh, what was I watching? Was it was it college? Like a sack, you know? A lot of guys in the league. Like, what makes Aaron Donald great is not the play where Burford and McGlinchey go opposite ways and he destroys untouched and he gets to Jimmy in the split second. is that he's able to make plays like that when he's getting double teamed, right? Like, a lot of people can have production with no context. It's like, oh, he had seven sacks. Well, five of them were unblocked. What makes Bosa so great is like, 14 pressures and he's getting double teamed the majority of the game yeah. or chipped. He's not sneaking up on anybody. Well, it's like Micah Parsons, like every game. Well, who do you think all week the offensive coordinator is screaming about? Right. 11, 11 11 You play in the Niners, 97, 97, 97. And those guys, it's what makes a great player. It's like we cannot throw an inside pitch to this guy. Like the only game plan is to try to get Mike Trout out. Or, you know, we are gonna, we are gonna corral Steph. They're all coming at you. Every single person like, would listen, I like Juwan Jennings. And like, I think you said last night, he's more of a gamer than he probably is a practice player. And he had player. a drop right after I said that, but did. But like, you know, how often is he coming up during the week of the defensive in the defensive meetings? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's uh, we'll do what we can with him. But our pro- our focus is going to be elsewhere. It's like yeah, if Draymond Green's going to hit some threes, we got to live with it because yeah. we can't just let fucking Steph Clay and, and Kevin Durant go off right? Yeah. There's a reason. I mean, but
4: that's part of having a role. There's a reason that Juwan Jennings is open on big third down plays. But, but it, you watch those plays, he still has to go make a play. It's still not easy. right?
5: Well, for sure. But part of like like ultimately, Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, like they are asked to produce and the other team knows that ball is coming their way. When you're the third guy, you kind of get to fly under the radar and then you get the opportunity and you got to make plays. And then eventually, because they're not going to be able to afford you, you go Kendrick Bourne and they sign you for more money to go play for the Patriots. I was watching Kendrick Bourne the other day. He made some plays. Like, you know, he's probably just on that team. He's probably a tweener. You know, it's probably two and a half. Uh, first round
4: rookie left tackle for the Panthers, John, who's given up three sacks this year. So we'll see. Amenu, what uh Ekonowu. Ekonwu. yeah.
5: Amenowu's on no, the Bears, no, no. right?
4: Ekwanu.
5: Ekwanu. 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 Yeah. NC State yeah. kid. Yeah. When did so. NC State become such a good football program? You that? watch any of that game? That was like kind of a war between those two teams for a long time. Uh was that Clemson? Clemson NC State. Yeah, cool. it was the herbstree game.
4: Yeah. You know your boy? They had DJ, the lead DJ's coming on. Uh Young He's playing I mean, he's having I, a I fantastic honestly, season. I watched that game. I was like, you know what? I give, I mean, Dabo's just sticking with him, sticking with him, sticking with him. I've heard I I know a guy who's Pretty tied. He just says Dabo loves the guy. He just Dabo really wants to do right by DJ Uyengale. He Really
5: likes him. You see the tweet. Dabo said last week after DJ the Wake Forest game went to overtime and DJ threw six touchdowns. The Wake Forest kid threw five. You know, they was like final score was like fifty to forty-eight. Yeah. Or something. And Dabo said after the game, like, so fired up for DJ. And then he said, listen, I understand that everyone wanted to see whatever the kid's name is. He claimed that he said, listen, we've recruited a lot of great players to this program in my time. This guy might be the best recruit we've ever had. Wow. That's what he said about the quarterback. Wow. Clemson ain't going away, guy.
4: Wow. Uh, John, Tom and Giselle, according to uh, Page Six, have uh, each hired divorce lawyers. Multiple sources say as previous I'm reading now as previously revealed, the couple have been living separately for the past couple months after an quote unquote epic fight. Uh, they're now apparently uh, looking at dividing their multi-million-dollar empire, said one source. I'm sure a close personal friend or loved one of one of the uh, Tom or Giselle never actually thought this argument would be the end of them. But it looks like it is. Imagine having Wait, what's the what's the argument to say what the argument is. Uh, well, I got to click on that link. Hold on. That's a link to a previous story about their quote-unquote epic fight. Um, there's trouble. Uh, pop up. Uh, model left the family compound in Tampa for Costa Rica following a series of heated arguments over Brady's shock decision to unretire from the NFL while he's remained behind for team training. So, you know, maybe some insight as to Tom's departure is I think we kind of guessed uh, during camp. Remember that? So, I, you know, we have been on this for a long time because we, we listened to the Wickersham book. And I want to pull for you something I pulled a while ago. It was when I heard this, because I listened to the Wickersham book, as you did, it's better to be feared. This was when I first realized something bad could um, happen uh, as related to Tom's marriage affecting, you know, his career. Seed. Brady and Bunchin drove home from the stadium in his black Ford pickup. The sun was low. It had been a long year, and as usual for the Patriots, it was just beginning, with the playoffs impending. Sitting next to each other, their minds were in different places. Look at the moon, Bunchin said. The moon is incredible. I think we're supposed to play on Saturday night, Brady replied. She had a plan for New Year's Eve. After the kids were asleep, she wanted to start a fire and write a list of all the aspects of their 2017 lives to let go of and offer it to the fire. Brady quietly stared at the road. Brady was not down with that plan. When I heard that on Saturday night,
5: (laughs) he's thinking he just played driving home. She's thinking about the moon and the fire. He's thinking about, like, we actually don't play on Sunday. I don't have as much time to get ready, right? That's in his mind. Like, part of Saturday night yeah, is, like, right. I got to start my preparation. Got to get up a little earlier tomorrow. I got to get the cut-ups. I got to text the quality control guy to fire him in my iPad. Like, you got to tell gotta, the family, I know we usually have a routine, but this week yeah. it's off. because I, I already feel behind. <laughs> already feel,
4: yes, anxious. Do
5: you, do you think the, there's if, ever, honest to God, I don't think this is hyperbole, Any player has ever truly loved their sport as much as Tom likes football? Because it's one thing to like love playing and stuff. I mean, easy to say. Like Peyton physically could not keep up with his love. But when you watch him do this stuff, like he clearly, his love is very high. But he never changed the diet quite like Tom did. Peyton always, you know, was a little lumpier. Yeah, that's true. I'm Again, we are talking the highest, highest level. Like doesn't drink, eats this weird food like... He dedicated his life and now he's given up his family for the sport of football. Like ultimately he chose. And this is also assuming like there's a lot of each other. Yeah. But it can't be argued. He liked football more than Giselle. Right.
4: At this point. It's also possible. Again, I don't, this is, you know, we have fun talking about Tom's career. It's sad. People are getting divorced, but, um, is it though i mean have to yeah, it. I mean,
3: it's, you know
4: it's not it's it's a hard time for him i want to be a real person um but um you know he had a stated long before before they got married it certainly it was clear that tom, tom said he wanted to play a long time right and so i could see how if that became a sticking point for them like hey this is this was part of the deal when you got here don't try and there would be quite a bit of resentment if you try to get me to retire,
5: which you and I both thought is what was happening. A lot of sarcasm on the internet streets. Do you think he is more likely now to keep playing? A hundred
4: percent. Now he does have the deal. He's supposed to be Fox's analyst next year. But here's the thing about that. Like you're gone again, right? Being a Fox NFL analyst. Remember that deal? I forgot about that one. (laughs)
5: And Burkhart and... Didn't they give him $375 million? They something? gave him
4: a crazy amount of money. Burkhart and Greg Olson are doing great. But that's what this... Now, I don't know if Tom intends... Oh, does Olson to, I, get demoted immediately? Well, does Tom go to the number two crew, you think? <laughs> so, um, did we ever see the My details is, of Tom's role? Well, remember, I asked all these questions when it <laughs> happened. Like, are we sure? And the stories were like, no, that's what he's going to do. So I'm still skeptical that that's how it's going to play out. But my point is just his idea of retirement is not retire and be
5: home all the time. Could he be on the Niners next year? It won't die. His parents are getting older. Play a little cow club on the side with Steph. I don't think he'd like to live in California. I think he likes living in Florida, the tax advantages, and it's just where he lives is badass. Uh, there's doesn't quite Los Gatos saying bring it up where his mansion on the water is looking like, but I do wonder if that comes back up. He's a free agent after this year, I think. Is he? um, Will he sign? Will he had one year left on his contract,
4: right? Did he didn't change his right. contract? I think he is. This is year what three for him in Tampa? He would have signed a two-year deal initially, so maybe he does have actually another year on it.
3: Yeah,
5: Ali says
4: he's a free agent.
5: He says he's a UFA in twenty-three.
4: Okay, so he's a free agent.
5: He only makes thirty million dollars this year. He, he oh. just gives. He's got to be the greatest deal in the history of life. <laughs> Definitely in the I mean, history of quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's making forty-five. He's making thirty.
4: And you and you think that's a bad deal?
5: I would say that I would rather have Tom for thirty than Kyler at. I'd rather have Tom for thirty than Kyler at five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather have Tom for thirty basically than any quarterback, beside like Mahomes. Like I'd rather have Tom for thirty than Aaron for fifty. Wouldn't you? Because what I could do with the extra twenty. Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, some people might argue you just rather have Tom for fifty than Aaron for fifty, even though Aaron's the MVP back to
5: back. Might okay. rather have Aaron for 50. Tom is a little more dependent. Another offensive line's banged up. I do think when you factor in the money, Tom's. I, I think, think, Michael, Jor- I think Michael Jordan, his last year, 98, made 32 or something. How is Tom Brady not. Never once has been like, can I just get like 48 this year? Never once.
4: Well, I mean, it's also factoring not just the money, but the level of teammate. Someone tweeted at me, do you think Tom will get alimony? Well, I did. When I was reading that, it did occur to me that is she richer than him? I don't know. Would that I mean, be a win for men
5: who have... Rich men. Obviously, if you, you know, you, you know, I'm all for fair stuff. So I, I don't understand why
4: either fair. one of them has to pay the other one on this one.
5: Yeah, I can't. It's just...
4: Sloth. It might just be... It may not be that. It might just be as simple as, here's this house is yours, this
5: house is mine. You remember Mackenzie and Jeff had a pretty easy breakup. He's like, here's who? Here's Mackenzie Bezos. Oh, yeah. And then Jeff, you know, he looks pretty happy. Did not did she give a lot of it away? Wasn't that the deal? Like, she
4: did not care? I mean, obviously kept a lot still, but yeah. You know, if you get $5 billion and you give two away, you still got three. But now you can't buy the Broncos or the Cardinals or the Suns, you know.
5: True. So Mackenzie's flying out of the
4: radar. Uh, all right. Anything else to add today?
5: I'm just fascinated to watch single Tom. What happens on the field or off the field? Or Do you think he gets asked about it tomorrow when he talks? It's weird. Like shouldn't care, but they kind of transcend don't they, their relationship? Or do you not ask quarterbacks? I don't think so. Like my guess is people who cover
4: the team knew why he was gone, that he was gone for this reason. And And they knew that and that was just not going to be a part of
5: it was off the record or whatever. I do wonder if like when he was trying to, I don't know, save his marriage, but just like, listen, I got to get away and figure this out. Are they mid argument? He's like, Alex is here. I got to I got to go train. We'll be back. We will continue this in about two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, Arians Arians just showed up with some tape. Well, do you think he trained those 10 days? Yeah. I do. I'd be fascinated know the details of that hiatus. Did he just go out of respect? Like, listen, I'm done with her, but.
4: Well, it's probably so. She long. done like with him. I, well, I think part of it, right, is you can't focus on, like, you're trying to do your work and you can't because you're texting, you're calling, you're, you just got to get it figured out. We just got to yeah.
5: have a sit down, as they say in the mob, you know. That's what it was. Like, I, I can't she's texting me I'm fucking trying to watch cut ups third downs. driving me nuts you know I gotta get this third down package down and she just won't stop blowing up my, my phone Byron Left which is like do
4: what you got to do we got uh, well we, we got uh, we got Trask and we got uh, really Tom if you could make it back by week one that'd be great.
5: I do think Tampa is the strip club capital of the world? Per capita. Hmm. Not to see Tom Tom at the bottom. No, no, no. I don't think Tom, you see Tom at the blue martini, but that's not a strip club. That's just a bar that I think Raheem Morris used to go to a lot when he was the head coach. It was a famous bar that just NFL people would frequent.
4: Uh, The Clevelander. I guess that's Miami.
5: Has there ever been a better example of Louis C.K.'s? I'm here for the sex than just Tom Brady right now. Is he the most eligible bachelor in recent yeah, memory? Brady, if you listen to the book. I mean, it with Tom Brady after his first Super
4: Bowl. Tara Reed, remember that story? I, well, yeah. I Tara mean, that Reed was young in the heyday, but now... And
5: you, they just, like, come fly out for a date? Don't you think the people coming at him, like, the level... Like, back then, it was just young, hot. Like, now he's 45. He's a dad, sexy, kind of got the, the deal thing going. But he's still got this young vibe. He's unlimited, like, money just up the wazoo. Fame right. level. Cool. Everyone likes him. I mean, is yeah. this Is it one of the greatest catches of all time at 45? Just hit the open market? The top female CEOs in the world or?
4: Bezos? Power couple? McKenzie?
5: You're saying McKenzie and Tom? Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't, you know, just seeing Tom's previous relationships, I don't know if she'd qualify. Like, you know, Jeff? I was trying to think, what is the equivalent of like Britney Spears, but without the
4: off-court drama? Who is that person? Because that feels like someone who's like a, You know, uh, not Christina Aguilera, like Madonna, if she was younger. uh, Or like an actress that was huge in that, you know, in like the early 2000s. Or maybe like eight years ago, like um, who's the chick in uh, Wolf of Wall Street? She's become
5: Robbie. I, I could see.
4: But currently she's huge. So, yeah, I mean, that's a little different than what we're talking about, but that would make sense. Would you
5: be shocked if I was like calm spotted with Margot Robbie at a Miami hot spot? Lift.
4: No, that's a good that I would not be shocked. That's
5: a little a younger child than what I was talking about, but I don't think you can rule that out. Aniston. Is Margot Robbie t- God Margot Robbie is a fox? Margot Robbie, she married or anything? Um I think she's divorced. single. Yeah. Um Aniston. Older, yeah, too old. I I feel like Tom's gonna go a couple years, like mid yeah. to late thirties. Like he, but how old is Margot I, I'd be Robbie? Like if he's 32? going like twenty four. Leo how old style. Thirty two feels. Yeah.
4: That's that's wheelhouse right there.
5: Already, yeah, women are all already like whatever their age is. If they're thirty, their maturity level often can easily click into like ten plus years, where guys go the opposite way. She was Robbie dating a Rangers hard. hockey player. Uh, Sweeney. Dated a director. Always I thought dated, it said Steve Kerr. It said Sophia Kerr. I was like, God, she dated Steve Kerr. Always dated a director. That's key. I think Serena got married to one, right? Well, no, he founded Reddit. Oh yeah, <laughs> that did. You know? I mean, let's face it. You just got cash. You got more options.
4: You Tom Brady. You have all the options.
5: Yeah. But like that guy that founded Reddit, like if he was just, oh, 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 had a little shop, like he ain't married to Serena. Yeah, I I know. They're probably like legitimately in love or whatever. I know they have children, but like
4: there's a level of trust that comes with finding someone as famous and as rich as you that they're not there to take advantage
5: of you. Even though she was this great tennis player, he literally just figured out this website where people just chat back and forth. I think he's got some other businesses, but that's the one I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the cash cow business. Obviously. I mean, it's worked. Yeah. Well, I, I want to see more I'm rooting for Margot Robbie.
4: That's a good one. I'm rooting for him not to retire for several years. So this is all part of the sports landscape, you know. Margot at games. I mean, remember Jeter's Jeter's run was they were everybody, not everybody, the ones we knew of were very famous.
5: ESPN now would fire everyone alive if they tweeted it's, this out. Couldn't. Remember when they tweeted I out the- tweeted, John, it was a sports center feature. Yeah. They did it on Sports Center, the starting lineup of all his girlfriends. They couldn't even comprehend doing something like that now, could they?
4: No. <laughs> Which, honestly, no. <laughs> yeah.
5: When the internet was great.
4: All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Mailbag coming up later in the week. And uh, we'll see everybody uh, live uh, after that, also on Sunday as well. we Land- will get it, Tom.